Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rampant Mumblings and it's a podcast all about Apple and this week, well, we certainly have our fair share of things to talk about. We've got the Apple News reviewers, we're going to share our comments on the Apple press earnings and no, Apple is certainly not doomed. We've also got Nemo's hardware store and we've got a very, very big announcement. All this and more in the Rampant Mumblings. Joining me this week on the Rampant Mumblings for potentially the last time, but more about that in a moment, is Mr. Barry Gentleman. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. I've, I've got a uh, stinking hangover from uh, from yesterday. A uh, guy I work with, or well, guy I used to work with, oh. uh, got, got made redundant about a year ago, is off to Australia. So we uh, we all wished him well, and then uh, then I I joined him <laughs> in the uh, being marked for redundancy uh, redundancy uh, um, thing. So it's like, ooh, so I, I find out I find out my fate in two weeks' time. Oh my so, god! Yeah, so I had an interesting week. Well, there we are. There, there's a reason to tune in in two weeks' time. Find out the fate of Barry coming up in two weeks in the season <laughs> yeah. finale of the Rampant Mumblings. So I'm gonna. I've got the sound clip, and I'm gonna have to use it. Were you drinking any of this? No, no. We uh, unfortunately. So I, I'm. I'm going to say that that's got to be uh, the. It was the trooper. By Iron Maiden. I know they've got their own beer out, which is uh, a um, quite a brutal 4.8% ale, but it's, it's very nice. It, it is. is powering this podcast, which is why I'm going to have to redo the intro for the third time. And I've only had a sip and a half. Uh, I, I was on uh, I was on the Guinness last night. No, where, my... where do you stand on one of the most important questions? Sorry, the second most important question that anyone can ask about Guinness. The first one, obviously, being, does Guinness taste better in Dublin? Secondly, where do you stand on the second most important thing, which is probably bigger than Brexit, if we face it, Guinness with a drop of black? Uh, so I've never, never drunk Guinness in Dublin, so I don't know. And I think it would, I find it sacrilegious <laughs> that you would, <laughs> you would do that to a pint of Guinness. Let's cover that one then. Also on the show is Rick McCorriston. How are you, Rick? Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you very much, Rick. Good to have you back on the show. Also with us this week is Mr. Matt Barton. So, Matt, how are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't been here a lot of it. I've been in Wales for the last few days for bank holiday. Yeah, I can imagine it does take a bit of time to spec up what you're going to just send back to the Apple Store. And finally, as always, last but not least, is Mr. Carl Madden from the Back and Forth Show. How are you doing, Carl? I'm fine, thank you very much. I, I get a feeling we're not going to hear much from either Rick or Matt for the rest of the episode. <laughs> we are having a few technical issues with Skype, so their connection may be up in down, but let's, let's not worry about that. And, and the fact that they've got a life, and we haven't, obviously, on a Friday night because we're doing a podcast <laughs> and they're out enjoying themselves. We have a life. We're, we're just taking the time. We're not going out early. We're doing the sensible thing of drinking alcohol pops at home before we go and spend an absolute fortune down the pub. Oh, dear. Not me. <laughs> not me. Not me. You had another nightmare week, didn't you, Mark? This follows on from Barry's starting the revolution. Where last week Barry said he was going to 
string up the people who I believe add something to a meeting when they don't need to add something to a meeting. For me, it's anyone who dares to use a post-it anonymously. What? What? Yeah. What? Don't eat my lunch? No, worse than that. I went to, right. So in, in my office, we've got 10 phones, right, on the help desk, seven of which ring every time someone calls. So I put mine on silent because I can hear the other six phones ringing. I got into work when there was a, 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 a blue, I'm trying not to swear, there was a blue post-it note with, do not put your phone on silent with no name on it. And the worst thing was I just left it on there all day. And nobody spoke to me about it. So those people who leave anonymous post-it notes, you're second come the revolution. <laughs> Cowards. Oh, I wasn't talking about that, though, Mark. I was talking about the last week's show. You always find fault every week. <laughs> you make it so easy. <laughs> there may... So, dear listeners, you uh, may have noticed a slight jump and lack of continuity in some parts of last week's show. That was because there was a slight technical hitch on my part where, believe it or not, I lost all of my channel of the audio. So when we were finished recording late last Friday, I had an audio file. I was thinking, brilliant, I'll edit that out. We'll get that out on Friday. You can have it all for the weekend, lovely jubbly. And then I listened to it, and I discovered that all my audio had gone. <laughs> Being a little bit worse for wear, I recorded all of my audio again over a Friday, a Saturday, then a Monday to try and shoehorn it in, which is not easy because you've mm -hmm. got to remember the gaps in the conversation that I'm having with Barry and Carl. <laughs> so to get away with it as well as I did, I think until... was pretty damn genius until Monday where I just wanted to get it done. And it may have it may have sounded like I was not taking an interest in anything that Carl was saying or he wasn't answering oh, me. Yes. <laughs> that was the bit. I yeah. was thinking, hang on, why have I just ignored his question? <laughs> I don't remember this. Anyway, the thing is, Mark, is to be truthful with your listeners and they'll always forgive you, most of the time, yeah. anyway. <laughs> the issue turns out, basically, so going behind the scenes a little bit, I've been trying to use loopback, because what I'm trying to do is have me on track one, Carl and Barry on track two, the same board on track three, and then if I want to do any faffing around, I've got track four. So I've set this up in loopback. The problem from Rogue Amoeba, Rogue Amoeba, the problem is, whenever I speak, it comes out in the second channel for Skype. As it and when it plays back, it comes back into our microphone channel. So I never get any gaps in the audio. So I went back to Audio Hijack, got it all set up, lovely jubbly. Uh, I put the Skype onto the right channel and me onto the left, which normally works as long mm -hmm. as you remember to put the second balancer in and put me onto the left channel. So even though I was adamant, absolutely adamant that all my VU meters were bouncing and it was piping me into the recorder, um, it was actually doing nothing. <laughs> you live and learn, sir. You live and learn. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there. And it, and we, Just it's, as well. I think it's good to get all this out of the way now because I think, should we do it now? Should we do the big announcement now? Yeah, no. Right. So, dear listeners, it's with great sadness and with a, a sadness in my heart that I have to announce this is going to be the final Rampant Mumblings. After 61 episodes, over a year of podcasting, sometimes regularly, sometimes not, sometimes, with inf sometimes informative and entertaining, 
But mainly... What, what am I laughing? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, co-stars. <laughs> nothing like support, is there? Absolutely nothing like it. Hey, I've got a similar announcement. Well, with that said, don't worry. We're not going to be disappearing from the internet because just like a great big corporation acquisition merger, the Mac and Force show and the rampant mumblings are merging to create the Essential Apple Show. Yes, yes, there you go. So all, all the people who have tuned over from Mac and Forth wondering where the hell it's gone. Um, Usley, um, if you followed me on Twitter and things, you fe- like last year got a bit mad for me. And the start of the year, um, one of my parents fell ill and it was like very tricky to find time and stuff. And now I've got a new job, well, a slightly new job, uh, which means I haven't got no time. But Mark has very graciously, rather than letting the, the show just disappear off totally, Mark has said he'll take over hosted duties from the rampant mumblings and turn it into essential apple. And all us guys will eventually, when we've got free time, when Mick's got free time and Matt's got free time, will come over onto this new show and it will be pretty much the same. There'll be a few changes, but Mark will be hosting and I'll be a guest. And I'm very grateful to him for that. It's... uh... You don't, it's really hard to explain to someone just how much work goes into a show. And I'm, I'm not bitching or anything because I quite enjoy it, but you only literally get one day off before you've got to start planning and getting everything ready for the next episode. And hopefully, hopefully, if I can get some ideas together, we might have a few appearances from Missy. But that's not a definite, but oh, A, she just sounds lovely. And B, hearing her pronounce things like aluminium for Matt is always a great aid. So there we are. No more rampant mumblings. It was a brilliant ride and it just started off. In fact, it was all Carl's fault, to be honest. I just needed an outlet to talk to the world in my little five minute podcast. Now goes on for <laughs> two hours sometimes. <laughs> 35 minutes I chopped out of last week's episode. So, yep. Yeah, so there we are. So, everyone. So, what's going to happen is over the next week or so, Essential Mac will be changing to Essential Apple. That would have happened today if my server hadn't just gone belly up, which I'm not too sure if that's my host fault. The podcast feed should stay the same, but the name's going to change as well. And then eventually I will be moving the podcast feed to some decent hosting. So just keep tuned, tuning next week. Um, Obviously, you've got to tune in two weeks' time anyway to find out the fate of Barry. So if that doesn't get you subscribing, if you don't... If that show title, The Fate of Barry... Dun-dun-dun... And with that, let's move on to the week of Apple news. So what we're going to be doing or what I'm going to be doing is going through the week of Apple news. And we'll start with Monday before the uh, the Apple earnings call. Completely forgot what it was then. Funnily enough, the Wall Street, Wall Street rumors, the Wall Street Journal came out with a positive article to say the Apple Watch 2 is expected to feature cellular connectivity and a faster chip. Well, you could put that one down in the no <clears throat> category, Sherlock category. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are saying it needs, this is something it needs. It needs to be have that to be independent of the phone. But then why? I don't understand. I understand why you want it to do so. I understand why you'd want GPS in there because runners want to go out without lugging their, well, now their big brick of a phone around with them on their arm or whatever and then get back and transfer that map data maybe over to their fitness tracking device. But, you know, outside of uh, receiving emails, and stuff, I mean, 
The watch on itself, its current form factor, cannot do what the phone does. You cannot really read long emails. And if you're in one of those systems that has so much gunk in its emails, like it's got the company logo, it's got all the stuff saying, do not print out this email, blah, blah, blah. Um, it takes forever just to actually find the content sometimes of the actual email. Um, or maybe that's just how my boss sends them to me. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, I mean, you can answer the phone on, on the watch as well, but do you, I, I don't do that out in public because you feel a bit of a, a wally, to tell you the truth, as you stand there with your wrist up to your, your face. Um, I still really do not see the point of putting a cellular chip into into the watch. And that means if they do do that, we'd have to have yet another um, contract or some sort of thing with one of the, you know, Photophone or O2. And that's another, that's another bill. <laughs> I'd rather it just tether to the phone. And maybe if they put a GPS, I'd be happy with a GPS chip in there rather than, uh, you know, a cell, a mobile phone type chip. I've got to say, I don't, I don't, plus also let's take in a, into, um, into the let's factor in the fact if they put one of those chips in cells always going to be reaching out searching for signal that's going to drain a battery the battery's technology is still not moved on that much they can't make the watch much thicker because a lot of people say no watch is too thick and they're saying they want to reduce the thinness of the overall device so you know it's great making a watch do more and more things but something's got to power those things and it's a very small battery in there as it is at the moment me, I'm I'm happy if they just improve the Wi-Fi. My my iPhone 5s has died on me. It keeps saying insert SIM, insert SIM. But I could still use my um my Apple Watch when I when I'm on a known network. And I thought, well, you know what what is it that I'm missing out on apart from well, obviously running all the apps. I could still set a timer, which seems a bit of a waste. Now I've said that out loud. <laughs> I think if they just improve. Wi-Fi connectivity, but coming back to the emails, probably one of the reasons why it's no good for emails is for system admins when they put those horrendously long footers in to saying, yeah, warning, disclaimer, this email is only intended for the recipient. If you received this communication, which I'm looking at you, Barry, because you've probably set these up in your time. (laughs) (laughs) Do not print this email. Every time you print this email, a kitten will die. Oh, it... I, I agree with Carl. I, I think it, it, this thing, you know, to, to put a GP at the moment, it is a companion device, which it, which is great. You know, you can get your notifications, all that sort of thing. But you know, putting a GPS in it gives it that that little breakaway capability, which so many people wanted in the first place. And then when you get home and you can transfer your your, your GPS data to whatever app you've got, then brilliant. You know, but I don't think you need cellular out on the out on the road what about the whole radiation aspect to it because you don't really want to be something that's banging out radio waves attached to your wrist 20 well 24 7 like i do well they still say there's no proven coalition you know you know um evidence that links the two so that was the last study i read anyway so who knows (laughs) i mean all day that sort of signal attached to your wrist, actually touching your skin. I'm, I'm not too, you know, don't, no matter how much I read, it's not actually affecting us. Yeah, sponsored know. by Vodafone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. You always have to look at who who, who has um, instigated or who's paid for these studies as well. That's always a bit worrying. And you know, look, it was, um, 
it was funded by a, a, a mobile company and they found there's no link. Ah, strange. Anyway, but <laughs> I don't know. Actually touching your skin all day long, I, 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 even though I'm pretty au fait with it, or I'd still be a bit more cautious of that. But, you know, then again, I mean, if I'm going to be realistic with myself. If they did bring it out and it has got a, a SIM tray in there and you can put an optional chip in, for example, I'd probably, I'm still going to get it because I'm mad. But, you know, because they'll sell it to me in some expert way. But uh, I just, at this point in time, I just feel it's, it won't happen. I don't think they're going to do that because, because if you look at the darn thing, like this, if you think about how well it's packed and the, the the S1 module and stuff in there and the batteries in there, where's it going to go? <laughs> Even if you go down to the nano one, they're going to have well, to. It'll have that. Um, it'll have that. Uh, what's that? Oh, the software sim that's in the new iPad, where oh, you, yeah, yeah you, you could just do it that way, which. Possibly. Which is one of the reasons, if I was going to get an iPad, that would be it for me, just to know that I can go abroad. And it's a software setting. And I just realised I've missed a chance to play this. Fanboy alert. Fanboy alert. Fanboy alert. Sometimes the old ones are the best. I was going to say, because the, th- the fact that they said, the, uh, the Wall Street Journal said that they're going to put an LTE thing into this phone is the only part that differentiates it because the rest of it is all pretty much of a muchness, like a faster chip inside uh, and, you know, probably smaller. But, again, I don't think they're going to change the form factor at all. I, I def- you know, obviously they're going to make the chip faster. Wow. You know, have they ever come out and said, and now the brand-new phone or iPad, and this time slower than last year's model? It, for me, what why I continue to wear the 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 Apple Watch is just down to comfort. For example, I go running with my Garmin Vivo Active, and you just feel like you've got this thing on your wrist. And I know that sounds stupid, but there's a thing between occasionally noticing it and then being always consciously aware you've got this thing dangling on your wrist. And fluoroelastomer may sound a bit poncy, but it ain't half comfortable. It is. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. Light on, you know, Barry can't enter this conversation because she hasn't got one. But Are you a watch wearer at all, Barry? Does anything adorn no. your wrist? And that's, that's the reason is I don't I don't wear a watch anyway. I'm not gonna rush out and, and buy an Apple product that I don't ordinarily use in by any other vendor anyway. So uh, but I I've got nothing against people who wear them. That's lucky. Because <laughs> there's a lot of you about, you know. <laughs> Yeah, on an Apple-based show. Who would have thunk it? Would there be any one killer feature that would make you go back to wanting or considering to wear a watch or indeed an Apple watch? No, no. Because, and not, not because the reason is I, I don't, you know, I don't do a lot of, I don't do a lot of running, um, but I'm, I, I do more cycling than anything else. But for that, I've got a, a really good app on my phone and I bought a, um, a Pallygap um, mount like dry dry mount for the for the phone that mounts on my handlebars and that also you know switches I can switch that between my my bicycle my mountain bike and my motorcycle so you know that that for me is what I need because that's that's got you know GPS and journey trackers and everything in there so there's there's no at the moment I'm not seeing any any real real value for me to there <laughs> I was just reading the next article there. I realised I was focusing too much on the reading. 
Well, let's move on to another article that was on Monday then, that iFixit have done their thing with the new MacBook and it's still not open for user repair. iFixit has taken apart Apple's latest MacBook. Bottom line, if you want to look at it again, you don't want to have to take it apart because you're never going to get it back together. <laughs> Whilst Apple has replaced the difficult triangle screws with easier to deal with Philips varieties, they found that they've permanently affixed the USB-C cable to the USB board and the notebook's Torx hinge screws are filled with a tamper-evident substance that disintegrates whenever you insert a screwdriver. Not many yeah, other changes wow. aside. Uh, yeah, it's amazing is that this is how far they've gone. But I think, for me, I agree with that. Uh, well, it depends. Look, there is, there, there is a, the old part of me who used to build his own PCs and fix laptops and stuff like this, who says, you know, it's 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 not right that Apple makes it so hard to um, repair your own device. But then I think, again, that I used to have to repair laptops, and I wouldn't let anyone like me repair my laptop now. So <laughs> I'm quite happy to take it into Apple and swallow the cost. Unless, you know, when you when you get a new Apple device, it's covered by Apple Care for a certain amount of time. And then we've got our own laws in this country protecting us anyway. So, you know, if you're if if you if you drop it and you break the screen, yes, you're in a world of hurt. And I've done it myself, sort of thing. But um fortunately they replaced it for me. But uh you know I, don't, I, I if you're buying something that slim, that that slender, that compre compacted, you know, they have to be put together like that because Otherwise, it would be bulky. If it if it was like all open, so you could like put modular pieces in there, it wouldn't be a sleek thing anymore. I mean, you know, and it is the sleekest one out of all of their stuff. I know you still can't do that much to a MacBook Pro, for example. Um, and it is their way. They are obviously Apple is going further and further along with. We don't want you to repair this. We want us to repair it. Um, and I don't know. You can look at it a sort of way where when they you know they're going down the phones with similar um with a similar uh, idea sort of thing and they say it's because of security we do not want you people to get in and tamper with things take things out put other replacements in because then it will affect the secure enclave and we you had all that issue a little while ago where it affected the securing enclave and it just shut down the phone it bricked the phone turns out that was an error and it was never meant to do that it was just meant to stop all the touch touch id stuff from working but i don't know it depends do you want convenience or do you want reliability do you want Security or do you, it's, it's it's something you should be aware of up front when you get into the Apple ecosphere. You're probably not going to be able to repair it at a corner shop. And if you're okay with that, you're okay with that. No, I, I was going to say, but who who would want to? Yeah, the the, the only reason yeah, when we used to build our own PCs and replace bits and things like that, it was it was out of necessity, not not ooh, <clears> you know, <throat> I, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. And yeah, the the first time, so I I bought a PC from Scan. <laughs> yes, I remember. And you know what? The job they did on that was so good, and the build components were quality. You, know, you selected your own build components. The way they put it together, the way they gave you all of the, the benchmark data that they tested against, and, and I didn't touch it at all until the, till the day it, it left, <laughs> to the day I abandoned it for Apple products. Oh, I did. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean... In the old days, it was necessity became a necessity most of the time when it came to a new game. As soon as a new game came out that we wanted to play, that was it. We had to pull out the graphics card, go and pay another 200 quid for a new graphics card, put it in, put more memory in, 
and stuff like that. I, those days are behind me now. I don't, I don't use the Mac as a as a games machine. I've got some on there, but you know they're not the highfalutin a triple A, a list titles that are currently out because you know I, it's Playstations and Xboxes for that. And I know the the PC hardcore gamers just look at them and go, you know, you need a keyboard, you need a mouse, you need all this thing, and um, that's just not me anymore. And I, I, that was the only reason I used to upgrade the PCs really other than a hard disk failure. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with not being able to fix one of Apple's laptops. Some of the phones, when the screen breaks, are a bit of a you know a pain. But now they've got 3D touch and stuff in there. They've got more technology than just a piece of glass on the front of that thing. So. Isn't there another side to this where you know if it's like you break your phone, you send it to Apple, you know you're going to get a quality repair and you got some sort of follow-up. Whereas if you break your phone, sorry, if you break your screen on a phone, you take it to a corner shop, you don't know what bits they're going to use, how they put it together, what are they botched, what haven't they botched. Isn't there a price to pay for having a quality repair done? And, and that's where my comes into it i admit that not being able to up- update the ram in some of their machines yeah that is a bit shocking i think yes. that is especially with the with the price apple charge for memory there's yes. no justification for that i wish there was and I'm, i am dead against that however for something like the macbook one it's the type of people that are going to buy it they're not going to want to stick anything. They, the sort of person who's going to buy the MacBook One has a lot of money anyway. They're going to spec it out quite nicely. So it's a much of a muchness. And finally, even if these parts could be replaced, where are you going to get them from? Because Apple isn't going to let any third-party manufacturers copy them. They've probably got patents on everything. And could you imagine buying hinges from Apple? It'd be like buying car accessories from, you know, going to a car dealership when you know it's more expensive than, say, going to your local auto retailer. Look, it's a thing I fix it do, and, I, and I'm glad that they do what they do because they rush out normally to Australia and get the first thing, you know, off the out the shop, take it to some hotel room, strip it down, post their video, post their findings, and, and the world knows. So, you know, the, the service they provide is invaluable, and, you know, they want that is their their mantra. You know, we should be able to fix anything you want, and we want. And uh, okay, but it's just I'm now at a point in my life where I just don't want the hassle. I just do not want the hassle. I'd rather give it to someone else and say, please fix that officially. And uh, that might make me a bit sound a bit callous, and it might you know mean I'm an idiot in certain people's eyes, but. Fine, I don't care. I don't care what people think. I, I'd rather just know it's going to be repaired. I spent a lot of money on this device, and most of the time, Apple will sort me out, you know, for the greater good. And even now, look, my iMac, the one I'm I'm talking to you on now, this, this is six years old. I'd never had a PC that lasted six years, and this is not six years old and just still trundling along, chucking a, a buy. Granted, I put an SSD in it a few years ago, but because I could. But now, if I was to buy the brand new 5K jobby. I would get an SSD because I know the build quality of the product will make it last and make it work. When I used to buy Dell machines, for example, I never knew how long they'd last. And, you know, it's not nothing against Dell in particular. It was just that was the way PCs were made back then. It was all just slot things together and hope they work. And even when I used to build my own ones, slot things together and, oh, where's the bottleneck I've just created because I've got, you know, things that shuck out too much information than something else can take in. And 
I just don't want to do that anymore. So this is why I'm quite happy to buy Apple stuff and I'm quite happy to buy the pre- spend the premium uh, amount of money because I know, well, at least touch wood, every time up until now, they've taken care of me. So I'm okay with that. So on that, on that subject then, what is the oldest Apple gadget you have that you still use? Uh, we'll go to Barry View. This was in the show notes. Did you do your homework on this one? <clears throat> yes, I did. Yes, I did. So the, the the oldest device I I know is still going that used to be, that used to belong to me. So and this was an iPad one that Carl sold me, which <laughs> wow. which started me on my journey. And then I I gave that to my mother in law before um, reading iBooks because that's all she wants it for. So she doesn't need latest and greatest software on it. She doesn't need anything else on it. Just ability to to download books from the um, from the, the bookstore. And so an iPad one, I know, is still going strong. Yeah, and I find that instead of like replacing that, like, because this is like when he's on Rick is one of his arguments is the fact that you cannot change all the things inside an Apple machine uh, shortens its life because you just throw it away. But I've never thrown an Apple product away. It always gets pushed onto someone else. Um, so, and again, that's creating longevity in the device. I no longer use it, um, but it's gone down the line. Like my mum's used my iPhone 5, for example. I just given my brother my MacBook Air, the second generation one, still, pl- still perfectly fine. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've got loaned out to other people, given out to other people. There's a few things here and there. You know, I've still got my iPod Nano thing that we bought in the... We bought this in America, didn't we, Mary? Do you remember? I think so, yeah. And yeah. That, when did we go to America? It was, that's... 2003. And it still works perfectly fine. And it's, it's... I've never... I've never had computer equipment last so long. And I know if it breaks down on you, the fact that mine lasts forever is not a, it's not a comfort for you. And I... I'm sorry, and I apologise, but my personal experience is these things just last, and I'm now I'm willing to pay, like I say, the premium price for them. And um, touch wood, I keep getting the same results <laughs> because I know I said that I know something's going to blow up. <laughs> for me, it's my trusty-ish MacBook Pro 2009, which, like you, Carl, I stuck it in an SSD and was like, "Wow, it's literally like a new laptop." Unfortunately, now the Z key has fallen off and it's nigh on impossible. A Rubik's Cube done blindfolded is easier than getting that key back on. The X key doesn't work, uh, nor does the left command and option key work. So I'm going to get in touch with the Dr. Richard Happy Mac. Dr. Happy Mac. That's him. uh, And shunt it off to him to see if he can repair it. Uh, Yeah, but it still does everything that I want it to do. And what annoys me, it comes back to my iPad argument that I had a few weeks ago, is that my iPad is newer. It's got a fairly hefty processor, yet I have to keep chundling out this laptop that only lasts for about half an hour on a battery. But that being said, the Intel Core 2 Duo laptop has got a better screen, a better keyboard, lasted longer, has only got 4 gig, is doing much better than this heap of a Toshiba laptop that I've got. Well, it, it, typing is like being on a trampoline. 
you've got so much bounce and so much unresponsiveness and a lack of control. You think, why would you skimp on the most important part of a laptop, the thing that you're going to be touching hundreds and hundreds of times? Uh, just, uh. Uh, yeah, but that's the I mean, uh, it's, it's just manufacturers. They just, some, some laptops they treat, you know, this is the premier product and other ones they just say, this is like, companies are going to buy this, so we don't have to put that much money into it because it's just going to be pushed out to the staff. Um, you know, uh, uh, and that's if that's their market, that's their market. There's nothing wrong with that, just as long as you're aware of it up front. I mean, just you looking know? on eBay now, you can get a MacBook Air 13-inch 2015 model, and that's going to be going for about £600. And that's, that's still, still good. That's a chunk that's... of change to put down on a laptop, but a 2015 model, you know it's going to last for... One thing, oh, sorry, this is what I was going to mention earlier on. Apple actually said a few weeks ago that they have a life cycle of, was it about three to four years on iPhones and laptops? So the fact that my 2009 MacBook is still going strong in 2016, you know, that's that's worth it for me. They do last. I mean, I, I, people listen to the show that still use old MacBook, uh, old Mac Pros and stuff, like the cheese grater ones. Um, it, it, it does last, okay? I, I understand I fix it. I understand their agenda. It's just, okay, I read their stuff. I find it highly interesting when I read their stuff, and then I move on because there's nothing I can do. I mean, I'm not going to just go back to using a PC because I can't fix my Apple. Uh, it's just it's not going to happen. My Mac, I should say. Right. Speaking of moving on, let's go to Tuesday, the day before the <laughs> Apple earn it. See, that was seamless, that. Seamless. Stop pulling it out. It's seamless because then it doesn't become it seamless. I did. It was unseamless at that point. Well, maybe if you did laugh at the seamlessness, I wouldn't have had you to You laugh. Play. I'm just watching. On Tuesday, the analysts were getting all a bit of a flutter because Wednesday was coming very shortly, and we all know about the annual analysts coming out to have their say. Let's have a look here. So Drexel Hamilton, I don't know who any of these are, by the way. It's just in the news. I'd be amazed if you did. Well, they're in the blimmin' news all day, so they're going to be important somewhere along the line. Uh, Anyway, everyone was saying, buy Apple with shares to either hit $200 by Apple with shares to hit $130 by the end of year. Um, One analyst was surprised by the iPhone SE success, and it turns out that Apple was going to be as well. And it wouldn't be an analyst piece without one bit of prediction doom. Cowan & Co. analyst Timothy Akuri, who always has a downer on Apple, predicts $135 per share at the end of the year, but things will be slow until the saviour that is going to be the new iPhone 7 is released because there wasn't just a new iPhone released. Now, Carol, you all know the answer to this. These earnings calls, that was for quarter two, wasn't it? Yeah. What period does quarter two cover? I don't know, but it doesn't cover Christmas. (laughs) So it's after Christmas up until recently. Um, In other words, the slowest period of the year, I believe. Or that could be the third quarter. (laughs) But um, it's like I always say, and it's look right. The results came out. Wall Street reacted. They started selling Apple, which is what they do. Some people some can snap up Apple chairs that are slightly cheaper than they were in the morning. But let's actually look at what 
Apple did, what Apple announced. For example, right, it was a bad quarter. So everyone, if you read certain tech press and stuff, it was a bad quarter, right? It was a bad quarter, but Apple still made $10.5 billion in profits, and it was a bad quarter. Just think about that for a, just a little while. Um, and that was apparently- their... Just to interrupt you, that was their 10th most profitable period, even though they did made 10.1 billion and it was only their 10th most profitable. Now, go on, Carl. I know know you've got some stats. It's also right. If you go most quarter, it was also the third most profitable second quarter of all time, but it's still not enough for Wall Street. Um, It was. They actually generated, not in profits, this is revenue, again, a bad quarter, $50.6 billion. (laughs) These are crazy figures, right, that I just cannot even comprehend. I say the word billion, and I can't comprehend. A billion is a thousand million, right? Do I need Americans to do it? Yep. Everyone, please nod your head. Just just look at me like, oh. Yes, you are correct. Right, so, and there's another zero on that with the 50. They sold... I'm going by Jason Snell's story here, by the way, just in case you're wondering how I have all oh, these Oh, they've done down. some brilliant graphs on that one. Fair play to him. He done, he done absolutely brilliant. Um, Apple sold 51.2 million iPhones in that quarter, those four months. Um, the revenue, the services, revenue from the services saw an increase of 20% over a year, the same quarter a year ago. And now Apple still has in its war chest somewhere spread across the, well, the world $233 billion. Now, that... <laughs> How do you even quantify that, that? Yeah, exactly. It's an obscene amount of money. And because they're not growing, because they've grown to such a scale, Wall Street's no longer interested. They're doomed. They're doomed or they're, they're no longer interested into Wall Street because there's no growth there. I.e., if they invest their money in Apple they will not see a big return on their money, which is all Wall Street's about, you know. And And they've just become another company. Yeah, that's fine, because that's Wall Street. That's what they they exist to do. You know, it's where your pensions go and things like this. I I don't think particularly having money make money is a very good thing. (laughs) But then that's because I'm a bit of a lefty. But, you know, but... The fact that it exists, it exists. And a lot of these stories were looking at what, what Wall Street, how they reacted. And at least one of them I saw was saying, right, that's it, game over. Apple's doomed. They've got nothing new in the pipeline. They're no longer innovating. Oh, God, how many times have we heard that? And, uh, you know, they're just doing the same thing again and again and again and again. Yeah, granted, but they're still making money. And when you say they've got nothing new in the pipeline, we're going to get probably a new refresh of MacBook Pros this year at some point which will probably be the same again, but they'll still be more powerful. And when it comes to things like computers, Mac, Apple um, uh, and Macs and stuff, something we mentioned a little while ago is when I come to upgrade this iMac, for example, I will be judging that when they announce new iMacs. And I'm not alone. And many, many other people who use Macs and iPhones and iPads, when the new one comes out, they don't automatically go, oh, what's Android doing? They go, oh, do I want to upgrade to that one? So you know, it's not necessarily new markets they're getting. It's the old market that they've still got captive because they want to upgrade. They want to get the new one. Um, what else we got? We got Apple TV. 
Uh, it's probably going to get another upgrade this year. It's probably going to push out 4K at some point. I can, you know, that's a big gap that they left on the last iteration. So that means we probably everybody with a 4K machine, a 4K screen, will have to upgrade their Apple TV if they want to get 4K. And then they'll probably start putting 4K into iTunes as well, which will make even more money for them. Apple Music has started to pick up again. Um, as more and more people get Apple devices, it, you know, it's just going from strength to strength. It's just built in. It's baked in. You don't have to join a third party. You don't have to join Spotify or Google Music or any of these other perfectly okay alternatives because it's right there and you get three months to play about of it. Well, there was that Apple- tweet, wasn't there, from Apple to say not bad for along the lines of Apple's first streaming service, which was obviously Apple Music. And you're thinking that there, the timing of that tweet was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. At the end of it, where everyone's going, yep, Apple are doomed. Yeah, it's not bad for our first streaming service. And what gets me about uh, a a company the size of Apple is what they're happy to accept to cause something a success. As long as they're happy with it and as long as it's performing in a way that they go, yeah, okay, this is worth it. What they're the, happy, and it's, it's and they just ignore analysts, which I think is the best way to be. Because let's face it, it says here on Daring Fireball, Apple actually hit their own targets after their own guidance. It was only the analysts who set these weird expectations for them whose expectations they didn't reach. Now, there is a, a thing here where they say on Daring Fireball, which I will link to in the show notes. So Apple earned more in the quarter than Alphabet, 4.2 billion, Facebook, 1.5 billion, and Microsoft, 3.5, sorry, 3.8 billion combined. But they're, but they're all obnoxious amounts of money, right? Um, for one company to own. That, that's the thing. All I'm saying is that's one issue. I'm just saying that the guys who supposedly you know, do these financial breakdowns and, and, and invest in massive portfolios globally. I mean, you know, Barry, you, you know, Barry, you work in this, used to work in this area. It's, it's not actually people doing these deals anymore. It's their algorithms that they've set up, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's not people like you see on Wall Street necessarily going, oh, sell, sell, buy, 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 you know, pork bellies and stuff like this. <laughs> they've come along and they've created these these bloody programs <laughs> through the Algorithmic trading engines. Exactly. Do you want to explain what they are, Baz? Because you, you actually have to deal with them. So, so they, they will, you, you'll get, there will be a human element. So the human element behind it will write the, the trading algorithm for that day. And then it all comes down to um, microsecond trading, like low latency trading. So, you know, and you, if, if obviously, you know, the speed of light is a constant, the closer you are to, the exchange means that you get your buy your buy ticket in before the next guy. So when I used to when I worked on low latency network designs, you know, I I would say to these guys, well, how quick do you need this to be? They'd be as quick as we can. Say, give me a, give me a clue. No, we can't. It has to be far. Yeah, you know, we have to be faster than the other guy. And that's why you know, now we where you've got an exchange, a lot of the banks co-locate equipment in the exchange so you can say well i've got a server in the exchange it's 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 you know it's it's 20 meters away from the exchange trading engine over over a 10 gig you know a 10 gig interconnect and that that's that's what it was all about it was the getting your getting your ticket in before the other guy 
Yeah, that's that's what they care about. It's about money, and it's, that's fair enough. They can trade on whatever they want, and it just happens that Apple was such a rising star for so long that it was virtually guaranteed to make you money if you got in low enough. And now that's coming to an end. It's you know it's starting to peer out. And you know, is it though? I don't know. It, we don't. Well, it has good you, time. So if you look at, I mean, the sh- so the share price now is just over ninety three dollars. What now? Now, right now. So if you if your analyst is saying, you know, that's that's going to get up to one hundred and thirty dollars by the end of the year, that well, you know, if you believe the analysts, you're you're looking at you know nearly a forty percent uptick on your uh, on your investment, and when you look at the last five years, you know, this roughly this time last year it was at one hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, I mean, I'm not pretending to be one of these financial whiz kids, because I'm not. <laughs> you just listen to me and you can tell I'm not. It's not hard. But, you know, it's it's a world that many of us just do not understand. And the problem is, as I always say when we get one of these stories, is the tech press, if it's a slow news day, <laughs> it's link bait. And it's it's something with the word Apple in, and it's something in where you can mention iPads, iPhones, Macs, and all these other stuff, and they can put it into their story. They can get you to click on that story, read that story, serve you ads, and that's what they exist for. That's why it's reported on. Unless you've got stock in Apple, it doesn't mean jack to us, any of us. As users, it doesn't mean anything. Apple is still going to be here next week, next month, next year, and they're still going to be producing products, and it doesn't matter if... They didn't sell quite as many phones this quarter as they did last quarter, and or last year this quarter, because 2015 was inc- an incredible year for them. They bought out the iPhone 6, the huge phone, which apparently there was a pent-up demand for, because it just sold like gangbusters. Again, it sold like gangbusters. Will they be able to do the similar thing when it comes to the 7? Who knows? I don't know. You know, The biggest thing about the iPhone 7, apparently, is it's going to get rid of the... <laughs> Uh, the the audio jack and that's that's about why I know about it to tell you the truth. Uh, it'll probably be thinner, which is funny because there was uproar, wasn't there? There was all these websites kicking off, and oh, they can't get rid of it. And then Intel announced a plan to use audio over USB or to get rid of the headphone jack itself, and that just went in the news, out the news, and that was well, it. There's, there's a couple of Android devices that have announced that they're going to do it. So they haven't actually done it yet. They just announced that they're going to bring out phones without an audio jack. And you know, I, I and I, I started thinking about this one today because I ordered a new pair of Bluetooth headphones today, which should be here any moment actually with Amazon's evening delivery. Anyway, but show but, off living in start, your big fancy city. But I started thinking. See, the only re- the way I would be most disappointed with Apple is. And they will do this. I know they're going to do this. Is they're going to produce the iPhone 7. It hasn't got an audio socket, but they stick Bluetooth earphones in or earbuds in with the phone. But they then give you the option to buy the 30, 40 pound adapter, which will turn the lightning socket into an audio jack. That will be a pretty scummy move to do. But, you know, but again, I don't know how many... How many devices out there need the uh, actually really need the audio jack? I know there's some of those square credit card scanners that use the audio jack, so they'd have to come up with something new. Um, a lot of people bought, spent hundreds of dollars probably on Beats headphones or even better headphones, which is always crazy to me because they're not listening to analog music unless they're using lossless sound, I suppose. 
but mainly they're listening to MP3s or AACs, so it's you know, all compressed down. What, you, what you've just done there was identified all the areas that Apple could do, they haven't done, but they will do when they need to make more money. It's like not releasing Retina throughout the whole of the MacBook range. I bet you any money they could do it, but they're just waiting and waiting to go, ah, right, bit of a dip in sales, chaps. Retina for everyone. You're more cynical than I am, Mark. What's going on? I'm through half a pint of uh, old thumper or whatever I'm drinking. Trubber, trubber. Anyway, where where are we going with this? Barry, anything more to add? Is there anything, if you had to look at Apple right now, where would you maybe see one opportunity for them? And I know that's a bit of a a harsh question to throw throw at you. Uh, I I would say, um, right, my my thoughts are over over the last year, I think they're they're compromised, they are compromising stability over innovation. Yeah, there's been so many software releases that are. Oh, we need to. We need. Yeah, yeah. Within, within a few days, we need to rush out another version because it's bricking phones, or it's doing this, or it's doing that. So it, it's yeah, fantastic to see all this new stuff at the keynotes and everything and the events. But maybe they, maybe they need to slow it down a bit and just get it get it stable. I do wonder about that, though, Baz, because we. You're right. I mean, I, I sometimes feel the same way, but then. If you actually think back, um, and not just with rose-tinted specs, it's always been that way. I know people say it hasn't, but there's always been little bugs after every new... You know, like some people say, as soon as the new OS comes up, don't update. Don't update until the second or, or third update. Or, you know, just don't do it, because they've got to chase all the bugs out. I mean... <clears throat> as, why, as, why should it? Why should it be like that? There's because, a company this big, so <clears throat> are they... Well, maybe that's the problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, they 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 obviously set these dates, but we never. They obviously have a date in mind for when they want to release stuff, and they start, you know, pushing out all the versions, the various betas, and then the gold version, and master, and before we get it, and stuff like this. And you know, it's, I I gotta assume now that as their market share is growing slowly, but it is still growing, is they are having more and more legacy issues um there was a time where apple would just turn around and say okay well now we're doing it this way if you can't deal with that tough we're moving on but they're getting so big now it's getting harder and harder for them to say that you know the classic one is when they just drop the floppy for example uh and then eventually the dvd drive as well but um you know is it is it just like windows when windows release something big there's so many people hammering on that to find bugs when Apple released something now, there's so many people hammering it much more than there used to be, hammering on it to find bugs. And of course, we ask these things now to do far more complicated stuff than they ever, ever used to. Like we're getting them to automate our homes now. We're getting them to do all kinds of things. We're getting look after our health and stuff. And it's not surprising because, you know, software is and hardware is made by human beings and human beings make mistakes. And I'm sure, you know, there are countless bugs discovered in the process before it's released, but then there's countless more discovered up. And sometimes they are so mind-bogglingly big, you think, well, how on earth did you miss that? Yes, and that's one of those moments, and that's a good time because everybody gets to write about it for a little while. And everyone goes, oh, no, no, Apple, they're they're slipping and stuff. But then as soon as it's fixed, we all forget about it, and we move on to the next problem. Maybe just a more stringent um, regression test cycle. Yeah, well, maybe. 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 I mean, yeah, no one likes bugs. So 
No one, no one likes Bose. Apart um, from the guy who makes Silit Bang. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for Apple. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just let, let's be realistic with what we should be expecting from these companies, uh, from this company in particular, and, and, and Google and you know, Facebook and everyone else. Nothing is, less than perfection. Yeah, it, it does seem that our, as, as these things become more integrated into our daily lives, we do seem to expect them to just work all the time. And of course, that used to be the classic Apple phrase, it just works. I've noticed they haven't been using that a lot lately. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, you know, because we've been in, I, I, my first machine was a ZX81, and there's always been bugs. It's just something I've come to live with and expect. And, you know, sometimes when I hear some people's expectations or this doesn't work, and the first thing they do, rather than going to Google and try and fix the problem, they take to Twitter and go, this is disgusting. I take to Google Plus or whatever. They take it to some social media thing and say, this is not working until someone about three comments down, just do this, and it fixes it. And uh, now I'm going to get hate mail for saying that. <laughs> and before the show, everyone, Carol said, oh, yeah, I'm not going to have a rant. The one that, the one area that I think Apple have got a opportunity in is better graphics and gaming performance because the second that well they've just done something with AMD and oh, this sounds really bad I should have researched this a bit more. What I found really interesting is that they're looking for AMD to start powering the graphics cards. Now I noticed that your your pick of the week, which I haven't got one, so I'm going to have to find that one when you got the next rant. That's a game. Now, you look at the way that the graphics card specs are put on that, and it will say, not compatible with. And there's literally mm. probably about a dozen graphics cards. And I, I wanted to go and look, and I actually asked on the, uh, the mymac.com Slack channel, what Mac is compatible with this game? And nobody can answer me, apart from saying, oh, get a Mac Pro. No. <laughs> I think that's one area that they've got they've they've got an opportunity for. I mean, do, do just to wrap this one up quickly. Do any of you play any games on your Mac, or are you more iPad, iPhone gamers? Oh, so I, I play. Um, so I've got my obviously I've got my my iMac, and I play um, World of Warcraft on there, uh, XCOM, and uh, from today, XCOM Two, <laughs> which which we'll talk about later on. But um, oh, yeah, and I, I've been bugs. wildly impressed with the, the graphical um, capabilities. I will leave mm. the room when you discuss XCOM 2 because me and XCOM 2 have had a bit of a falling out. I'm sorry, if I'm in full cover, ducking behind something, <laughs> and I've got a bonus, I do not expect the Snake Man to be able to grab me, pull me through two buildings, get a crit on me, and then dump me back from where I am and die. No, sorry. <laughs> That has got to be the best first world problem I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Welcome to a new edition of Grumpy Old Men and Their First World Problems. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't tend to use. I, I got a few games <coughs> that I bought from the uh, the App Store. Um, they played perfectly okay. Uh, the last one I bought was the Alien, the uh, first person shooter Alien thing. And when I bought it, I downloaded it, and it says. Um, you're, this this graphic is this gra- your graphic card is not compatible with this game. And I went, oh no, because I didn't bother checking because that's just me. And this is a this is a six year old Mac now. Um, and I thought, oh no, so I just shut it down in a hump. I thought, how, I wonder how I go about trying to get my money back. And then I went back to it the next day and I tried again. 
they said this is not compatible again but then there's a little box down the bottom and it says however if you just want to try just do it and I, I clicked it played it and it's perfectly fine i don't know what they're talking about um you know it's i'm got it set up to the highest screen resolution granted but um again i come down to the fact that no one has ever said ever said to me oh yeah max that's a that's a gaming platform for sure it's, it's just something they've not been synonymous with and you know, when it comes to iOS, yep, definitely pocket games and all, all those kinds of weird things. If they wanted to, I'm sure they could put better graphics cards in and they could open it up. But you know, I mean, that's that's PC. Mark, you, I don't ever think you're going to get hardcore PC gamers go to a Mac ever because it's just not. They need that compatibility. They need that modularization that we were talking about earlier when it comes to iFixit and stuff. They want to rip out. You know the graphics card that they bought a month ago because the next super duper ones come out with with 17 cores in it or something i don't know and, and stick that in the back of it so they can play the latest and greatest uh, i just i think they're two different markets and you know if i want to play hardcore games i i i, I go out and buy a, an xbox or a playstation now i don't even think about playing on a computer anymore and uh again a PC gamer will not even give you a second look. I look at you with disgust because you're using a controller. And, ugh, dirty, dirty. I don't think there's anything more we can add to add to that statement. You know what? I think this is as good as time is anyway. Let's go enjoy our American counterpart, Mr. John Nemo, from the MyMac.com website for another episode of nemo's hardware store which funny enough ties in what we're talking about with laptops and everything as he's looking at a few cases so john over to you hi it's john nemo back with another nemo's hardware store once again i'm using the irig mic studio from ik multimedia i'm recording using the earlier updated version of audio hijack pro version 2 the computer is my 2012 retina MacBook Pro. You can hear the fan in the background from the computer and you can also hear the dishwasher in the background because I'm sitting in my dining room right next to the kitchen. Today we're testing to hear what the ambient sound is relative to the spoken voice which is about 12 inches from the front of the microphone. I've ordered a new pop filter. It has not yet arrived. So we're going to continue to test this extraordinary iRig Mic Studio until we know exactly how good it is. Mark has asked me to do a comparison with the Samson Meteor mic, a very small and affordable portable mic, and we will have that comparison coming up as soon as possible. Two weeks ago on the show, Carl and the guys were talking about a new case that Carl got for his computer. Well, the issue today is cases, and we're going to be discussing three unusual types of cases from two different companies. Unlike last week where we were talking about small, smaller, and smallest, the theme for the cases is thickest and thinnest. So stick around and you'll learn what I have in store for you today on Nemo's Hardware Store. And as always, the links will be on the show notes for this particular episode. Apple recently introduced updated versions of the 12-inch MacBook, the one that only has the one USB-C port, and the 13-inch MacBook Air. We had a large discussion about this last night at the Tucson Macintosh Users Group. And if you need super, super slim, small computer with the retina screen, 
then you can consider the 12-inch MacBook, now with an additional color available. And if you want a slightly more powerful computer with not quite as good a screen, which is probably what we recommend, and also the additional USB ports and other ports and interfaces, then you might want to consider the 13-inch MacBook Air. A company called Urban Armor Gear, and they go by the letters UAG, has a case for each of these devices. In my left hand, I've got the Urban Armor Gear UAG Military Standard 810G 516.6 drop-tested composite case for the MacBook 12-inch. And the great thing about this case, unlike many of the competitors from the better-known companies, is this has ventilation on the back. I have had some clients and some students who've had problems with overheating with their cases from other companies where they put the shell case on to protect the body and also to make it slightly more colorful and attractive. Well, in this situation, the case is a clear plastic. It's slightly foggy on the back and totally clear on the front with the UAG logo. And there's a very, very unusual rubberized hinge that hinges the front to the back. So you snap the bottom piece onto the bottom of your 12-inch MacBook, snap the top piece onto the main display back of your 12-inch MacBook, and you've got the ventilation. You can see the colors of the MacBook that you paid so much for, and you've got the holes for the air circulation. Very attractive, incredibly well-made. We will have the prices in a couple of minutes. Without even knowing the price, I would say if you purchase one of those colorful 12-inch MacBooks, you will be overjoyed with the beauty and the durability and the colors poking through of your new precious little micro Apple computer. Now in my right hand, I have the UAG Urban Armor Gear drop tested protection with a dual lock closure system, push corners to close of the 13 inch MacBook Air, as you would expect. It's a little bit bigger, but it's the exact same design. So you have the clear plastic on the top display section and the slightly cloudy with holes for ventilation plastic on the bottom section with the same very thick and durable and extremely flexible rubber hinge. You have to see this in person or at least look at the web links that we're going to provide for UAG. These are definitely going to go on to all of my clients and students' MacBook Airs and 12-inch MacBooks. Well done, UAG Urban Armor Gear. They have excellent printed instructions that explains how to install it. It's not that difficult. And you can even scan for online instructions for a QR code that takes you right to their dedicated website. And I think we can give them several thumbs up. They've done a nice job as far as the unusual design and the great way to solve dropping and other physical protection with the ventilation and the ability to see the original colors. Each of these cases is $80 in the U.S., and it's a small price to pay for the ultimate protection with ventilation and being able to see your beautiful computer through the plastic of the case. This particular model is called ICE, I-C-E, and that's because it's crystal clear. The other color is ash, which is a slightly darker gray. 
I'd go with the ice in a second. At the opposite extreme of thickness is the Toast Real Wood MacBook Cover, made in Portland, Oregon, USA, Real Wood, Serious Style. The one I have is the MacBook Pro 15 Retina Display, includes top cover, side wraps, and bottom cover. Easy to apply, just peel it and stick it. Strong, long-lasting adhesive, adds protection, grip, and panache. Slim veneer keeps a sleek profile, laser cut, and hand-finished in the USA. And these can be ordered with custom etchings actually on the wood. Cover installation instructions with videos at toastmade.com. T-O-A-S-T-M-A-D-E.com. Designed with heart, cut by lasers, finished by hand. Let's talk toast. Anyway, you can learn more about this company and their unusual handmade cases. And just like UAG, Urban Armor Gear, Toast makes cases for iPhones and other smaller products, and UAG makes cases for iPads, iPhones, and just about everything on the planet. So check out the websites of both of these products. So let's remove this. It's a beautiful walnut veneer, and it comes with how many pieces here? Let's have a look. Okay, when I take out the main piece, which is top and bottom, a separate section for each, behind there are little strips that go along the sides to protect the ports and to complete the finish of the wood. Note, the backing paper is cut so that when you peel it off, small circles of paper will remain on the back of your cover. Leave these small circles on the adhesive when you apply your cover. They will make removal of your cover much easier. Each of these toast cover cases has this very, very thin and beautiful veneer, and they're laser cut. So the top and the bottom sections have holes through them for the feet of the computer and other holes wherever are appropriate for the screws. It's just gorgeous construction. And also, they're laser cut on the edges to wrap around the sides literally follow the contour of every bit of your MacBook Pro. In my case, my 15-inch Retina MacBook Pro. Now, this is not a video podcast, so you're not going to be able to see me install this. So instead, we will send you the link over to the website, toastmade.com, so you can see their installation videos, read some of their testimonials, and learn about it. What's the price of these products? They're 64 up to $99, depending on whether you want the top cover, the bottom cover, and whatever you want to have etched or sketched into the case. And again, they have products for several different types of device. For instance, Toastmade has phones, tablets, laptops, gaming, accessories, and gift certificates. So check out the website. Thanks to Toastmade. And thanks to Urban Armor Gear for providing products for our review. Check out the show notes. Thanks for listening to Nemo's Hardware Store. Back next episode. Thanks once again, John, for another great Nemo's Hardware Store. Of course, you'll find a link to everything that John has mentioned in the show notes. The show note page will actually now take you to my website, where you'll be able to find everything and links to buy stuff. And funnily enough, there will also be a link for Amazon which helps us because if you use that link, we get money. We get a really, really small amount. And I mean, it is really, really small. Waffer thin. Waffer, waffer thin. But 
I know some of you have been using it. And I just want to say again, thank you very, very much to all of you that use our link. Now, when you click on our, our Amazon affiliate link, you don't have to buy the thing it links through to. You can buy anything. You could buy a pen to stick up your nose. You could buy a new Apple TV. You could buy a new set of headphones like Carl has done. You could buy a microphone or a pop filter, which is something that I need. Absolutely anything, and we get a small amount of commission. And like I say, I know some of you have been doing that or failing that. If you're feeling like you want to spend a quarter of a cup of coffee, you could always support us via Patreon. Now, Carl's holding his head in his hands because so far the uptake on Patreon has been a little sluggish, should we say? But the first person who subscribes will get something very special and it won't just be a mug that I've designed. It will be something way, way, way more sophisticated than that. So if you'd like to show, if you want to show you a bit of your support, you can either go shop through Amazon again or go to the manufacturer's website you can support us on patreon or if you want to do something a lot lot simpler than that well i say a lot simpler than that you can always leave us a review on itunes because we like them and we get to play our sound clips as well did my plea for anyone doing uh, an, I- an itunes review come through that would be an ecumenical matter Oh, come on, listeners, please. <laughs> well, according to mypodcastreviews.com, there's nothing that's come up, and there aren't many other services that go and scrape. So if you know a service that will scrape all of the reviews without me having to go and change every to every single store, let us know. Mm-hmm. And you'll also get the pleasure and the privilege of any feedback being read out will be read out in none other than Mr. Matt Barton with a cold read the day we record the show. And if that isn't entertainment enough and inspirational enough, I don't know what is. Let's go back to the news then. Still on Wednesday. We are We're on Wednesday, are we? Yes, we are. Well, the iPhone will need a panic button for India. Probably not the most interesting story out there. From something what Apple wants to do, but Apple's going to have to do. Apple, if they want to sell their iPhone in India, will need a panic button on their phone. And it sounds like it's going to have to be, well, what they're saying is you'll have to triple tap the power button, which will then bring up a screen, which will allow, which will alert an emergency service to come to where you are and help you out in a situation. I think it's more of a anti-rape um, style feature that they're building in there's a few little things i've yet to be worked out like just how reliable is the gps going to be how feasible is it going to be to have someone get to uh, somewhere where an incident's happening because it's not like india's massively massively overcrowded with many many streets but apparently this is going to be something that the government over have bought into law should we have an emergency feature on iPhones as standard, not just for phones in India, chaps? Hmm. Well, in a perfect world, yes. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, there is that ability to call for help if you feel threatened and, and stuff. Because, you know, who does it call? You know, these are the questions that you have to go into. Who is it called? The old, the, old, the old Bill doesn't want to be bothered by a load of accidentally pressed, you know, emergency calls just like they don't want you to call 911 uh, 91 christ i'm stuck in america 999 if you don't have to but if it makes people feel safer there's no reason probably why some sort of software integration can't be worked out and it's not just apple they're asking to do this is everybody they're asking to do this it's 
it, it's it sounds okay. Implementation again, I, I I'm a bit. It's okay to say these things. It's easy to say them. It's maybe sometimes harder to in, in you know to uh, put them into practice. And of course, everybody who would would need to know how to use it and stuff like this uh, and things. But I, do you know what? The cynical part of me. Here we go. The cynical, cynical part of me that doesn't trust governments, <laughs> which you might have guessed from if you ever listened to me have a rant about anything, says this is this is someone somewhere wanting a kickback from mobile phone manufacturers. They come up with a law. This is going to be law unless basically in a back room somewhere we get given some money. And it's and it's happened before. There's, there's been other countries that have said we want this, this, and this. And then suddenly, after a few months, the problem goes away and phones are just released there or some other product is released there as normal. It sounds like I, I really hope it isn't like that, but that's the cynical part of my where my brain goes when I hear, when I read stories like this, because it's not. Where did you get this? This is like a, a, an Indian newspaper. The IndianExpress.com. Was it picked up by anyone else? Uh, nine to five Mac, uh, and generally all of the Apple sites you would expect to have Google alerts for the word Apple in the right, title. Yeah, exactly. So it, it sounds like one of those things. It sounds like a good headline, and it's meant to be implemented, as you said, January the 1st, 2017. Well, that's not that far away. So um, wait and see, I guess. Wait and see. I mean, it's a good feature. It, it probably should be something in it already to do something similar to this. But to my knowledge, there isn't. I know there's apps that you can install to do something similar to this but again you know when you're being attacked <laughs> you're being attacked you, you ain't got time to fish out your phone and and do it's normally after the fact you have but in that heat of the moment i still it would be good to have something on there is what i'm saying i just i just got a horrible feeling the cynical part of me says this is we're fishing for some money give us some money and you will not have to do this I mean, it says here, well, I'll come back to you in just a second, Barry. It says here that the phones will have a panic button, which will be GPS connected. We are in conversation with the manufacturers and the proposal is likely to be executed within a few months. Woman and Child Development Minister McKenna Gandhi had recently told PTI. Barry, what's your make of this? What do you think the implications are of having a way to trigger an emergency call and what would be the implications and responsibilities of networks when they have to deal with a device that is enabled to facilitate an emergency call that needs to be acted on? It, it does depend who you're, where that call goes. Like Carl said, it, it, obviously the, the responsibility of the carrier is to route that call appropriately. So if it's an emergency call, they'll route it to an emergency service and then it depends if that emergency service has actually got the um, you know the, the 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 backroom staff and the infrastructure to actually pick up the GPS data and say yes we know we know where you are we you know what does that mean you have to give some element of your identif- of your phone your UDID or whatever to someone else so they could they'll be tracking you all the time in actual fact so they'll know where you are and then when you happen to press your your button three times and go yep we've had a call yes it's that phone and yes they're there because we've been watching them all this time i think for for me if you had any so i've been to africa 
and I, I came back and I was really, really ill. So imagine if I ever went to India, my panic button would be find me the nearest toilet so I can get there <laughs> before, before. I love the someone... way we, we make all of the problems into our real world first problem situations. I, I hardly think that running out of toilet roll is going to be the same alert for a security services as an unfortunate event, shall we say. Mm. Yeah. But um, it's... I don't think GPS is there either. So for example, it's great if you're outside. If you're in a building, though, forget it. It's not going to work that well. Why is something like this roughly. at the weekend? Funnily enough, I was out in my car last Saturday, and I was, I've been up since 5 o'clock in the morning, been running around. The other half had just been doing the uh, cycling tour of Pembrokeshire that I couldn't do because I've hurt my shoulder. don't know if I've mentioned that on the show before. And uh, got to the petrol station, filled up, Went down with 15 quid's worth of fuel, went down the road, got to a major roundabout, car stored, conked out, and uh, it turns out that I put unleaded into a diesel car. So being a member of the Automobile Association here in the UK, which I know is something completely different for the USA, I pulled out my phone. I thought, ah, they've got an app for this. So you go into the app, it pinpoints your location, and you go, request assistance. Sorry, unable to carry out your request. Please try again later. <sighs> so I call them. I then end up moving my car. And within the app, there's a little thing that says, um, update my location. Sorry, unable to perform this action. Now, if that's from a massive, massive UK company, can you imagine what it's going to be like in like a third world country? Although they probably have better developers than us over here. Now I've come to think of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't. Last like say. It'll be a it's, it'll be a nice feature to have. Let's see if it's actually implemented because I, I I'm I'm still cynical about it. It'll be a wonderful thing to have, you know. When you're out in London walking along some of those streets, I, you know, I'm a I'm a giant Mao, for example, and I still feel intimidating sometimes walking around London at night in certain areas. But um, yeah, I mean, come on, let's, is, that, let's, is, that, let's... is that where Rick goes cycling? Those sort of areas. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, everyone wants to be able to call remote some, you know. A, assistance when they need it and, and feel that there's someone at the other end and they'll know where they are um so it'll be a good thing i just I, I, we'll see how it goes right we'll move on then to something slightly less of a serious nature you can bid to dine with timothy j cook once again here is a chance to get lunch with apple ceo tim cook as long as you're willing to pony up Quite a bit of cash. Charity Buzz is offering the opportunity to go for lunch with Tim, and Tim will hopefully pay for a little bit of the bill, but why would he? I bet, <laughs> he doesn't. Tim, I bet Tim Cook has got one of those mythical Nando black cards. <laughs> thing is, okay, I mean, it might be interesting, but he's not going to tell you anything. You can't say, come on, Tim, show us. you're doing a car, aren't you? You're doing a car. Tell us. Come on, you and Johnny, you're doing a car. You're doing a car. You're doing a car. You're doing a... That's what I do all through the dinner. Doing a car, aren't you? Doing a car. Doing a car. Doing a car. Doing a car. Doing. Have this man removed. <laughs> yeah. Do you just go, Tim? Tim. 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 Nice, but Tim. Tim. <laughs> There's a brilliant Alan Partridge reference there that I bet only Damn. three of the listeners are going to get. You've got to uh... get louder as he goes along. You can't just see it, say it in a monotone. Tim. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Does it show, listeners, that some of us have been drinking since four o'clock no. this afternoon? No, 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 I haven't. Um, he does this once in a while, and it's good calls. It's for charity, so you know, if you want to sit down and have a 
a chin wag with Tim Cook. They never say what they talked about, do they? they, they no, you never, get, you never get any follow-up or anything mm. like that. A bit like this show, really. I'm just <laughs> trying to log on to... Let's go and have a look on uh, charitybuzz.com now and see what it's up to. So right now, you can enjoy lunch with CEO Tim Cook on the app... On the, sorry, you can enjoy lunch with Apple CEO Tim Cook on the campus in Cupertino, California, and be a guest at his keynote Apple event. Tim is listed by Time Magazine as this year's one of the most world's influential 100 people. In 2015, he ranked number one on Fortune's list of the greatest leaders. And in 2014, he was named Person of the Year by the Financial Times all of which have been strangely quiet after the Apple earnings call. Right now, if you want to go for lunch with Tim, you've got six days to uh, six days to bid. The estimated value of this experience was $100,000. Right now, it's going for more than a cost of a small apartment in London at $220,000. Well, <laughs> unless you've got Apple, <laughs> Apple money, in which case that's pennies. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it'll be apple orientated food. You do it. Served by uh, autonomous waiters. I'll tell you what, you would be gutted if you went to a buffet where it's all you can eat, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's, I don't think it's fair that you have to have it on the Apple campus. I think you should go to McDonald's or something or yeah. <laughs> slumming it. Yeah, dessert will be an apple pie with a t- tamper proof crust. He's probably a bloody vegetarian anyway, isn't he, Tim Cook? I imagine he's a vegetarian. All his health stuff that he goes on him. On for. Oh, could you imagine going? It could be worse. It could be a Presbyterian. It's just just not normal for people to not eat meats, and that there goes a great big part of our listenership. I didn't say that. <laughs> so, if you had the money, would you bid? Although it um, is in America. When you say had the money, do you mean obscene amount of money? So that wouldn't really, I wouldn't miss that. It's the sort of a scene amount of money that you could say buy an Apple Mac with at any time you wanted to, and if you didn't want it, you could take it back to a shop. That sort That's of a scene amount of money. That's still not. No, I wouldn't then. <laughs> I'd have, for that sort of money, I'd want lunch with Kate Beckinsale. There you go. Unless you find Tim of a particularly attractive nature and you're of his persuasion. <laughs> there, you know, we've got, we've got to cater for demographics, gentlemen. That reminds me, we have to get a female on this show at some point to give this show some balance. Could we ever, could we ever, could we ever get Missy to come on as a live guest? Um, I, I don't know. I did ask her several times, and she did say to me, Carl, I don't know what I talk about. And I said, join the crew. <laughs> we're just, right now, we're just all powered by Britain's finest ale, apart from Barry, who's powered by, what tea are you drinking this week? Redbush. Good choice, sir. Is it is that the uh, the non milk stuff or the uh, stuff you had milk to? Uh, stuff you had milk to. Hey, hey, going completely off topic. On Again? TV, <laughs> on TV the other day, I was watching Britain's Greatest Caravaner, which I thought, well, that's a, that's got a, that's way more entertaining than your X Factor or Britain's Got No Talent and stuff. But the worst thing was the abomination when someone said, "Oh." Would you like a cup of tea? And the woman goes, "Yes, milk first. What sort of nonsense Ooh. is that? Who has milk no, no, first no. and a cup of tea for Lord blimey? You, you can't you can't gauge the the color of the finished article. You can't gauge if you're if you're going to be making it too milky. That's just wrong. 
Well, you, apparently, you can still do milk first, and the reason you let the bag stew for three minutes plus is because you get all the good stuff out of it. Apparently, Avon calling. <laughs> How's that doorbell? <laughs> Sorry. So, Carl's, yeah, Carl's just going to go and get his headphones. <laughs> he's, he's, he wants to get in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you need to answer the door? Carl, have you got one of your minions suit up for oh, you? My minions will do it. It's okay. Yeah, no, you, no. I, that's, I just had to bring that up because I thought it was pertinent to a world of Apple and because uh, we do have internet-enabled kettles with an iOS app. So there is a link there somewhere. Should we move on? Yes. Uh, I think so. <laughs> Uh, I think you know what, we'll go to this one. On today, ex-Apple CEO is to launch a budget phone in the UK next month. It's not going to be an iPhone. Uh, OB World Phone will commence sales of its budget smartphone, according to an article over at Neowin. Oh, I can't believe I'm reading an article from Neowin. I feel... Ugh. Anyway, at the end of May, ex-Apple and Pepsi... I didn't even see this bit. Ex-Apple... And Pepsi CEO John Scully is going to be releasing a phone. At first glance, as Ars Technica rightly points out, the phone looks remarkably like a match between an iPhone and a Lumia. Not that that's a bad thing. It features a five-inch IPS display, runs, runs Synergen, is that right? OS 12.1.1 based on Android Lollipop powered by a Snapdragon 212 processor, and it's expected to launch for £120 here in the UK. The MV1 appears to be a direct competitor to the Microsoft Lumia M650, which is also powered by the same processor, but it's not really any competition because the Microsoft Lumia phones are pretty much dead in the water anyway. Any thoughts, anyone? Um, no. Just, no. Just, just another device, another, another, you know... It's just a device cheap. that made the news because John Skull is attached to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. If you if you want to get, a, well, it's coming at one hundred and twenty quid. So if you want a cheap smartphone, um, all all the power to you. I mean, if if that's what you want to, you know, it's it's a crowded market, and it's like you say, the only reason it's made the news is because it's got John Scully attached to it. John Scully, I know he gets a bad rap, doesn't he? Because obviously they got rid of Steve Jobs and he carried on. But he, a lot of people tend to forget that Apple made a lot of money under John. Onto John Scully when he left. He wasn't the, the reason for his downfall. The people who came after him, I think, caused Apple to go a bit wobbly and, and end up almost being like non-existent. But John Scully made lots of money. Uh, he, he's a bit of a butt of jokes, unfortunately, when it comes to Apple people. But, yeah, I mean, the spec of the phone isn't that bad. It's, it's okay. Um, it, it'll, it'll do okay, I should imagine. To me, it's whenever they mention John Scully, it's a bit like when Steve Wozniak says anything about anything and they go, ex-Apple engineer Steve Wozniak, who hasn't been in Apple in absolute years, somehow he's still got some... I know he still gets, gets paid. Still gets paid. <laughs> I don't know if he's got like the credibility, because if you look at Woz, what he's done from then, I struggle to recall off the top of my head. And this isn't to say he hasn't done anything, but there's nothing memorable right now that comes out to say, oh, yeah, it was, other than he was an ex-Apple, he, he's part of Apple, or was an ex-Apple engineer. But the problem with poor old Roz is he gets misquoted again and again and again and again and again. And then he has to come back, try and get 
interviewed again to correct the fact that they misquoted him in the first place. I mean, sometimes he does. He is like very pro open things and stuff like that. And that's fine. But, you know, he created these things. He Well, he's responsible for going on and other people creating these things that we currently use today. So if, if he didn't, if he wasn't around, if he didn't do his thing with Steve Jobs back in the day, like 40 odd years ago, this none of this would be happening. The personal computer market probably it might come along at some point, but you know, they're all saying he's crazy. Who would want a personal computer? And I know Bill Gates gets a lot of kudos for saying put a desktop on a computer on every desk. But you know, at least in America, these guys were responsible for it. They did it, they made it that people could have personal computers. And you know, and in the UK, we had people like Sinclair. Clive Sinclair doing it for us. And, you know, eventually over there in the States, you had Commodore come along and, and that created Amiga and stuff. And of course, when I look back at that generation, I look back at the cost of Apple computers. That's the bit that always amazes me it took off because it just seems so expensive. You know, because I, I think my CX81 was, I want to say, 80 quid out yeah. of WH Smith or something like so, that. It sounds, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, you know, with its one K RAM, but yeah, in a, in a, you know that was after Jobs and Wozniak and the other guy whose name Paul, I want to say Paul Allen, but I'm, I'm not sure that's the right name. But uh, you know, they created this this personal computer realm, and you know, they pushed them out, and then Steve Jobs, uh, sorry, Bill Gates comes along with Windows, and you know, tying Windows with a certain manufacturer, and then. You know, it really did open it up to many, many more people who didn't just have to run like lines of code that, you know, Bill Gates and and Steve Jobs and all the rest of them, they created a GUI. So we now had graphical interfaces, which made them much more approachable to people. And, you know, the, the rest is history, as they say. So I always value what he has to say. It doesn't mean I have to take it on board as read. And I always question it because normally it's gone through an interpreter. <laughs> If you're saying something, Mark, we can't hear you. How did you know I was speaking? Well, well it's very hard to tell. You've got this massive pop guard in front of your face. And you said the camera wasn't working was earlier on. Your eyebrows went up and down. Look, I've got my new headphones turned up. Look at that flashy box there. So what, um, just for everyone who hasn't got a webcam or video for a audio podcast... I always love those podcasts made from audio from a video saying, oh, yes, and if you can see here and you can look here, what headphones have you ordered this week, Carl? And why do, in fact, <laughs> do, do you want to have that as your pick of the week? No, no, because I'm trying them yet. Maybe next week. Um, Jab, Jabra Move wireless headphones. So um, I was reading an article on iMore um, from uh, Serenity Caldwell, and she was saying she's been using these fairly regularly now. So I went and checked them out on Amazon and read the reviews there, and everyone seemed to give them a glowing review. Uh, and it was like 20 quid off at the moment. So they're about 50 pound. So I thought I'd give them a go because, you know, if Apple does decide to step away from the cord and cut the Apple jack, the audio jack out of the new iPhone, we're all going to be looking at Bluetooth headphones. And if I can find a decent pair that don't break the bank, then that'll be great. I had another pair, which I've been using quite recently, but they've started to go a bit crackly. Like, I'm not sure what's going on with them. So I thought I'd give these a go. And, uh, and I'll report back next week how I got on with them. One opportunity for Apple that we haven't talked about is how Apple deals with my uh, with my bottom and Bluetooth. Apple has a Bluetooth bottom problem for runners. What? 
What, what does that mean? Right. So I was out running today after we got the show fixed and I had my Blue Dio headphones on and it was breaking up. And this was because I had the, the back of the iPhone pressed against my buttocks. If I turn the phone around, so the screen is rubbing against my buttocks in my back pocket, so the back of the phone is exposed, I get a better signal. So that's a technological challenge there on how to make I something. I don't know, you know. It sounds like you're just talking arse. <laughs> Where is it? Hold on. This is going to get edited in. Oh, for God. It's your soundboard. It's your delay. <laughs> kids in your rap music in your <laughs> right uh i think we've got one more a time for one more story why not so i'm just going to go onto a random website and stop me when you hear carl's looking at his watch saying <laughs> this Carl... is drinking time where we're into i was just about to say carl's struggling now because it's getting to that time we were late in this last week so stop me when you hear a story you want to talk about being on iphone and ipad add image search with latest updates Siri eyes free buckles into f- select Fiat Chrysler vehicles. New music on iTunes. Drake's views blink 182 pre orders and more. The iOS 9.3.2 public beta 3. Keep telling me anytime, anytime no, you want to jump in, none chaps. Of them, none of them. None of them. FBI have paid, have now said they paid under $1 million for the iPhone unlocking technique. I'm sure, I'm sure they are saying that now. <laughs> Uh, what else is there? I've, you know, I know we've missed a few stories out, but now I found the format, and now I know where we're going. Uh, Apple Music Apple Music introduces Apple Music API for developers. Ooh. So what does that mean? You can they can you can have something where you can play Apple Music, including the DRM, into your app. Developers can now see if a user is currently a member of Apple Music. They can also see which country the user's account is based. Developers can queue up the next song or songs based on a song ID for playback. And developers can inspect a playlist already in My Music and create a new playlist with a title and description. You can see the app review store so, guides for limitation. So that, that, might, that might mean that they'll be in a position, if you don't like the way Apple Music looks, they could create their own player. Just like there's many players if you want to just play your own library on the iPhone now sort of thing. But obviously, uh, Apple Music is protected by DRM and stuff like this. But if they've allowed the, the possibility of you going in and grabbing that stuff, as long as you are a member, then that technically means, I think, I could be wrong about this, is developers can make their own players and you could have a much, much nicer looking format if you find Apple Music atrocious. And this is where we come back to the article we are saying earlier on, that the more apps that use Apple services, there's just potential for revenue for growth there. I think, Barry, anything are you... We covered this last week. You're an Apple Music subscriber. Just out of interest, Barry, how many hours a week would you say that you use Apple Music? It's probably between 10 and 12. Really? That much? It, he had to take his shoes and socks off for that business. Yeah, it is. There's a bit of a stink coming from under this table now. <laughs> yeah, so when when um, when I'm at work, and I've got if I'm doing technical drawings or I'm um, you know doing some switch work on routers and switches, sometimes it just helps to to tune out the office around me and get my headphones on. So I will just. Uh, Get some made nor made nor Metallica playlists and uh, 
crack on. <laughs> Do you, uh, what, what are your headphones of choice? Have you Apple earbuds or have you progressed to something a little bit more substantial? No, no, I've just got um, in-ear, um, I think it's Seinhauser. But um, yeah, I'm interested in looking at some Bluetooth ones. So you have to see how Carl gets on with these ones. No, hang on. <laughs> it's the worth a chirp. Nothing at all similar like worth a tweet. It's worth a chirp. So, Mr. Barry Jensen, we touched upon this earlier on. I promise I will not interrupt with a rant about the fact that I was on top of a building with full cover and I had a perk, and I had no crit, and yet they still managed to shoot through the wall and kill my soldier on level two. I promise I'm not going to mention the unfair spawning, or indeed the fact that it tends to rush you a little bit too much through the game at times. So tell me about what's your uh, your chirp of the week. XCOM 2. So I'm a big, big fan of the original XCOM, and I, I bought this, downloaded it, and I've got to say, the... The, the cinema, the, the initial cinematics were, were really nice. It really, you know, you, you've got that sense of um, con- continuity from the, from the, the first, uh, the first XCOM. And then got into the game and the, the, there's just some of the new functions, you know, being able to, rather than just going somewhere and you go, do turn that off. There's, you know, you've got hack functions. There's new thing, new character classes, and again, I've only played it for like an hour, so um, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. I quite I like the look of it. I don't I don't want to turn you off from the game. Did you ever play the the 2013 reboot? Yes. What was your take on that? I enjoyed it. I'm I'm torn on the new XCOM game because it sort of bought everything. There was a certain cartoony sort of retroy feel to the 2013 reboot. And I can't make up my mind on XCOM 2 if it's lost that sort of character and that feeling because now obviously they've got all these um, procedurally generated maps. I don't know if it's lost a bit of that that feeling to it, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I've, I've seen, you know, I mean, for me, the graphics have, have gone through a, a, a vast improvement. But um, again, gameplay for me, I'm still early days. So I'll, I'll see what happens. But if if in a couple of weeks... I'll, uh, I'll I'll be ranting about it. We'll see what we'll see where we are. Well, if in a couple of weeks you might have more time than you actually uh, thought about you to play XCOM. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to take all my redundancy money and stick it into. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's I. I will admit I was lucky to get a review copy of XCOM Two. One of the, one of the, you you were probably lucky to get it now because in the start there was so many bugs and it took so long to load. There was even a fix where on Windows, if you press the caps lock key, it would load quicker. They seem to have uh, they seem to have they seem to have fixed a few things now. The one mod I would recommend is the running out of time mod because you know when you send the drone from your character to hack a turret, it takes an absolute age to watch animation. It speeds up all those little things where you're just waiting for things to progress. Carl is switched completely off, going, "What the heck are you on about?" Like gobbledygook to me. I have got a mega review of XCOM in the works. I'm just uh, waiting to finish it off, then I'll get uh, Saranak to go over it. 
So if you if you were so actually, Barry, where did you buy it from? Did you get it from Steam, or did you get it from the App Store? App Store. Was that any particular reason why? Just because it was easy. Because I thought I, I thought I couldn't remember where I saw it, and so I opened App Store and there was a big banner saying XCOM Two. I went, aha, there you are. <laughs> and who said discoverability is dead on the App Store? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Not when you got a banner. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I'm, I I must admit I'm. In fact, you know what? I'm going to power up my old Mac. It will only support it in the lowest resolution. But I'm going to have a play on that tonight. I might even do a bit of Twitch streaming later on. So. Barry, we look forward next week. I want to know how far you've got, what level you're playing on, and how many times did you get squad wiped? Rightio, I shall keep a, keep a log. <laughs> that sounds unpleasant. Squad wiped. Gotta be gotta anyway. be down with the kids, Carl. Gotta be down with okay. the kids. Oh, so, right over to you. I see your you've got the thing that I thought Matt was going to send me. Over to you then, Carl. Yes. So, luckily, I know a chap called Matt. Uh, and every now and again, he'll ring me up and say, do you want to buy this, that, or the other? And most of the time, I have to go, no, because I can't afford a new Mac at this point in time. But this time, he rung me up, and he said, I've got the whole range of the new trackpad, the keyboard, and the uh, the mouse as well. You can have them all for X amount of quid. And my response was, yeah, <laughs> that's how cheap it was. Um, and I've got to say, out of all of them, although I like the keyboard, it's taken a bit of use, getting used to because it's flatter than the old one because it hasn't got the battery pack at the back because you charge it up with um, the USB cable. Um, my favourite has got to be the new Apple trackpad. Um, it's wider than the old one. It's flatter, obviously, than the old one because, again, hasn't got the battery pack at the back. But it's just so darn responsive and... You know, it's this is the mechanical one, isn't it? There's no actual moving parts in here. Is, oh, do, is that is my memory served me correct here? Because it's been a long time since the reviews came out. I think I think it is. Yeah, it's one of the ones where you is it? It's one of the ones where you feel like you think it's moving, but it's not. It's just got yeah. that pseudo feedback to it. And it's so sensitive compared to my old one. I mean, granted, it's it's quite old. It was a few years old, but but the new one is is. It just, my finger just glides across it, the, the glass or whatever it is underneath there. When I push it in, it actually feels like I'm touching a physical button. Um, and it just responds. I, I haven't really, I, you, I've got that deep press thing going on as well where I can press further into it and it goes. Um, well, at least I think I have. <laughs> I haven't tried it on movies yet, so I can speed up the movies and stuff. I haven't tried it on editing video yet either. But uh, out of all the devices I bought, that's the most the one I fell in love with first. And granted, if you buy it for real for full price from Apple, it is a hundred and nine quid. I'm not sure it's worth that kind of money, but it's definitely worth what I bought with Matt. <laughs> I know that now. Um so yeah, so out of all the three new peripherals for the uh, the Macs, I'm definitely going with the trackpad as as a wonderful piece of kit. I've got something to add to this. It's actually an informative and handy hint for Windows users. If you've ever tried pairing one of these with Windows, you'll know it's a complete pain in the backside. All you need to do is, to, if you want to get it working properly, you can sync it up, and what will happen is it'll say, please enter this combination on the keyboard. But you can't, because the Bluetooth keyboard isn't paired. But if you keep a USB keyboard plugged in, 
enter the combination that comes up on the screen when you're trying to pair your Apple Bluetooth keyboard, you'll then miraculously find it will pair. Not a lot of people know that, as Michael <laughs> Kane would say. Now, what you're going to then find is that the keys aren't mapped properly. That's quite an easy fix, albeit a bit of a download. What you need to do, if, the key, if you've mapped your Apple Bluetooth keyboard to Windows, what you then need to do is go to the Apple site, download a copy of the Boot Camp drivers, go and poke around in there, and you will find one for the keyboard. If you extract that, install the drivers for the Apple keyboard, you'll then find it'll work. How simple is that, huh? <laughs> it is. Not that this happened to me last week when I was in work, when Matt sent me my Bluetooth keyboard. And then the joy, the absolute pure, unadulterated bliss of plugging it. So got it home, battery was dead. No, sorry, the battery was dead. It wouldn't pair. So I thought, oh, you know what? I'll just use over lightning, plug it in, boom. This keyboard is now paired with your Mac. You can continue to use it wirelessly. Hey, what? Huh? What's going on? That, that, was, that was a lovely touch. Has he got a job lot recently then, Matt? Is this why we were getting cheap keyboards? <laughs> Did you by any chance get a Magic Mouse 2 as well? Yeah. I think what he's doing now, instead of like sending things back to Apple, he's just shuffling it off to us <laughs> so we don't mock him anymore. <laughs> Could be. Could be. He, he's, he, if he ever comes back on the show, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about all of this. My pick... Sorry, chirp of the week this week is. Let's see what email Kickstarter sent Matt this oh, week. Yeah. So this week is the Twist Grip. The Twist Grip is a new premium smartphone clamp from a company. Oh, I'm not sure how to say this word from Manfrotto, Manfrottage, Frot. Frottage, Manfrotto. Portable, was portable and secure as well as competent lightweight. It secures to any smartphone and connects to multiple photographic supports and accessories. The core for a complete photographic mobile system, it features a quarter-inch thread adapter for tripods and a cold shoe connection, other accessories like an LED light. Basically, it's a handy way to grip your phone and you can stick it on a tripod and anything like that from a company well-known for making, making photographic products. And that, oh, actually, that's not a Kickstarter now I've played that. Have I broken the embargo on that? No. No, that was yesterday. <laughs> as I'm going to say, as you say so often, seamless. Seamless. It's like I thought about this about a few minutes what? ago while Barry was talking about XCOM. Why, why did I join Throw Mac and Forth film with you again? <laughs> because... <laughs> You thought this was a good idea. Because I'm a lazy, lazy man. That's why. Repot you so, Madden. Repot <laughs> you so. Uh, you know what, chaps? That's been a cracking episode. And I think we can call that a show. All that remains for me to do is ask you to find gentlemen where we can get a hold of mm. you. Because Barry and Rick of their Skype course dropped out about half an hour ago. So uh, I'll put that in, in the show notes. So, Barry, how can we get a hold of you? I am on Twitter at Womblefoot. And Mr. Madden, if anyone wanted to, how would they give you a prod over the IP packets? <laughs> uh, best place, again, is Twitter, Clausio101. And this Sunday, I am recording the MyMac show with Guy Searle. Which is always worth a listen because he does the same board way, way better than I do. Yeah, he doesn't steal mine either, so that's good. <laughs> In fact, I stole some of his, to be honest, so... <laughs> 
Well, it's like the old saying, there is never a note or a song that hasn't been sung. Is that the saying? That'll do. Anyway, and on that note... Seamless. You can get hold of me via the Twitter at Ocean Speed. If you want to follow the website, it's not going to be at Essential Mac. Coming up on, well, the second on the DNS propagation works, Barry. You might get a few panicky telegrams over the weekend Go, ah, oh, what the blinking hell have I done now? You'll be able to get me at Essential Apple. And you'll also be able to find the website at EssentialApple.com, which is under progress, but that will be changed over shortly. So, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you can feel the need for speed and give us some feedback, that would be absolutely amazing. And until next week, next episode, next time, which will only be one week away till we find out the fate of our very own Barry Gentleman, not only in life, but in XCOM as well. We will see you shortly. Take care, everyone. Ta-ra. See ya. Ta-da. If that doesn't hook people to come back, I don't know what will. You're going to feel so bad if he gets, if he gets dumped. <laughs> yeah. I should. No, I should. I'm, oh, I'm, I know. I know. I'm all happy. These feel really good. Um, I know you can't see. I'll turn my light on. I thought you were all about the show then. I should have realised. <sighs>